Welcome to Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and tonight I bring you Literarotica by Kit Bond. The name of the story is A Major Encounter, and it begins. The chandelier lights glinted off the glided, accenting furniture in the spacious hotel lobby. The flawlessly clean ecru marble and conservatively patterned trim juxtapose the theme of that night, endless night erotique. Every year I observe the guests in the hotel lobby, snapping stills in my mind through the shutters of my eyes. One might call me a voyeur, but I never cared for labels. My shoulders slumped as I involuntarily sighed, absent-mindedly swirling my single malt scotch. It's the same thing for the past six years. I think I've become desensitized the same way a porn addict eventually shrugs off the threesome porn. I could hear the rough material from several feet away as she approached like a dog whistle to a tactile sensation junkie. It's the kind of material that's government-grade bondage but shows off all the elegance of the rank that wears it. My gaze shifted up from my glass to steal an inconspicuous glance in the direction of this sensational ensemble. The olive drab haze that marched through with purpose could have easily been missed if others hadn't been paying attention to the coming going of people from the hallways converging on the lobby. But who would miss that? Who would miss some embody so much grace and intimidation all at the same time? I couldn't. The swirling of my drink stopped, and I lifted my head to concentrate on the object of my admiration. Her boots sang a leathery lullaby, along with the pristine marble floor, as the hard soles rebounded in rhythmic cadence. Her mid-length blonde hair feathered out perfectly across her face and flared slightly around her chin. It looked like a fiery mane that had no business being crowned by an officer's cover, and yet it looked so perfect on her. She strode across the lobby to the front desk, with the black riding crop neatly tucked under her arm. The set of her lips in a subtle smirk and a glow in her eyes gave the impression she was in her twenties. This is the kind of entrance I've waited for six years to behold at these large BDSM conventions. In my experience as a passive observer, I've seen it all. Polite smiles with sheepish people in edgy fetish attire. Smug eyes on leather mobiles. The blank look on a new sub's face that's experiencing sensory overload. Yes, if you walked through that door in the last six years, I was your captive audience. And in six years, I have never seen that. Is she a presenter? A vendor, perhaps? Where's her merch? Where's her entourage? I took a small sip of the smoky scotch getting dilute from the large iceberg in my glass. No, it, it makes sense for her to make her entrance without luggage, without the distraction of others floating around her. I casually meandered closer to the front desk, being careful to keep my distance. As she checked in, 
She flashed an unexpectedly brilliant smile at the staff, who appeared to be completely entranced by such a display of charm. Experiencing the auditory sensation of her voice was like observing the artwork of an impressionist like Monet for the first time. Dialogue was irrelevant, but the sound quality was viscerally pleasing. She spoke with a clear, crisp, received pronunciation accent that's common in London proper and Southeast England. Or at least that's what I gathered from my internship at Oxford University among my colleagues. As an English major and antique book broker, you learn a thing or two about the various English accents. Turning out her voice for the moment and observing her physique, one could tell she's dedicated to her form. Not because of her uniform, no, but the militant fashion doesn't do her body justice. It's her jawline that gives her away as a devout fitness nut. Her posture stood out among those around her, and as she stood incredibly erect and balanced, her head as though a crown stood atop of it. She grabbed her pass and glided through the lobby out into the main ballroom where most of the attendees had congregated. I clumsily finished the last gulp of my scotch. I lost track of how long I had been gawking in abject amazement. I absent-mindedly placed the empty glass back at the lounge bar on the way to the ballroom. I felt filled to the brim with these dim lounge lights, enough to possibly make my presence known to her. But somehow, I doubt the liquid courage would help. How could I? I'm boring. Decked in an untailored Joseph Banks suit, with no established persona except for the faint smell of scotch and cheap cologne. I don't stand a chance of earning this icon's attention, but still, I'm curious. I pass through the vibrant crowd of fetishes around me. They all look so flamboyant in their skimpy attire, glistening leather and colorful patterns. I wondered which niche I belonged to. After a few minutes of looking through the maze of people, I finally found her again. She was standing off to the side, observing the crowd, carefully surveying. For what? I don't know. I took more time to take her in from afar, shielded by the many people weaving their way through one another. I recognize the uniform now. The olive dress uniform of the British SAS officer is unmistakable especially with a hard cover wrapped with a royal red stripe. The insignia on her collar was quite authentic, a winged dagger placed on both lapels. It wasn't the uniform that made me wonder if she was actually British SAS. It's the way she carried herself. I gazed upon the carefully manicured uniform. Not a single stray string was found along the hems. The medals and insignia appeared to be perfectly symmetrical along the axis of the uniform. This is someone that undoubtedly has disciplinarian tendencies. Could she be a heavy sadist? Or maybe she's secretly a sensualist? I finally worked up the nerve to walk up to her from among the crowd of people that parted around her. I was tongue-tied immediately. She appraised me with her eyes from foot to head slowly, as if scanning for something. My soul felt completely bare as her eyes met mine. A crooked smirk crawled across her face, 
and she curled a finger motioning for me to come closer to her. Her pink lips didn't offset the strict guidelines of the uniform as a red lipstick would, and yet it looked appealing on her. I closed the distance between us. I felt your gaze since the moment I walked in. Her tone was playful and unassuming. Her wily eyes glowing a stunning verdant contrast among the grayness of the ballroom. This doesn't even surprise me. I smiled involuntarily, casting my eyes down and around away from her, feeling the blood rush to my face. Why don't you tell me what you're looking for, she continued. She seemed to be chasing my eyes with her own, dipping her head slightly down to coax me to look back at her. She stood patiently with her hands, holding her riding crop behind her back. I felt the compulsion of her gaze and met her eyes again. I, I'm looking for someone to make me feel. It didn't feel like I had control of what I said. I just spilled despite the ball in my throat. What does that even mean? I haven't dated in nine years, so certainly I might have gotten numb over the years of isolation. The divorce, it left me cold to human connection. My heart was pounding my chest as I waited for a response. She blinked and seemed to carefully choose her words. What name do you go by? Ash. I felt so natural to, to be truthful to her. Ordinarily, I provide a bogus scene name to those in the lifestyle. She looked deep into my eyes as though searching for something. Somehow, this simple act of intimacy made me feel a subtle wave of arousal. She seemed satisfied. Ash, have you ever experienced any BDSM play? Her eyes were locked on mine. I hesitated, suddenly shy to keep eye contact. No, uh, much. I struggled to find the right words to unpack the complexity of my history. She looked at me expectedly, slightly arching a brow. Our eyes met again, and I drew in a deep breath. It's complicated, but I think you might be wondering if I had ever engaged in a scene with anyone. I have not. She seemed to strain to keep a smirk from pulling at the side of her face. Do you want to experience a scene with someone? I, I certainly hope to someday. I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. I felt dumbfounded by the social fumble. Major, she smiled, pointing a thumb up to the insignia of her cover. Holly. I smiled back involuntarily. Holly, it's such a nice name. The tip of her crop glided swiftly from behind to lightly touch the bottom of my jaw. Do you want a scene with me, Ash? She asked. Could she actually find me attractive? I felt my heart thud in my chest from the contact with the leather. Yes, I answered, like a starstruck fanboy. <laughs> she giggled at my reaction, and her smile stretched into a tight grin. She looked like an irresistible sprite that couldn't possibly be up to any good. She suddenly turned away, her hands clenching her crop behind her back. She took a step, looked back with a sly smile, and nodded to indicate I should follow her. 
I followed her back to her suite, where there had been a massive black trunk placed near the king-size bed. Neatly coiled on the undisturbed bed was a black hide bullwhip. I walked into the suite behind her and took in the majesty of the craftsmanship of the intimidating implement. Holly shut the door behind them and glided past him to the whip. Do you like it? She beamed. I nervously laughed. It looks pretty intimidating. <laughs> she laughed handling the whip in her hands. You're not scared, are you? She asked mockingly. The hard handle in the whip traced slowly down my sternum. Her tone suddenly turned sincere and less playful. I'd be gentle with you. For a split second, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's pleasure in such a painful thing. Before I could react, she quickly retracted the handle of the whip back behind her back. But only if I thought you were a good boy that deserved it. She continued and chuckled playfully. She sat back on the large sofa chair in the suite, crossing one leg over the other with her arms placed along the armrests. Her eyes glowed with a wicked glint. Is this a game? I've seen similar ploys before in various BDSM environments but I've learned that being presumptuous could get you in trouble. I'm stumped. And how, might I ask, would one be seen as a good boy to you? I quizzed her. She rested her head slightly to her left on her vertically placed palm, as though she were fantasizing about something. Whatever that fantasy was, it brought a wicked smile to her face. Do you have a deep, dark secret, Ash? She asked. I could feel a change in her mood. The kind of secret you won't even tell your therapist? She continued the questioning. Hmm. First, before you answer, do me a favor, would you, baby? Why don't you get down on your knees just a few feet closer to me? I slowly walked closer and sunk to my knees in a kind of gaze. What am I doing? <laughs> That's better, she beamed with brilliantly white teeth. This is what good boys do. Now answer my question, please. She looked down at me with a patient, pensive stare. I felt the room get hotter and the collar of my shirt feel tighter. I absentmindedly loosened the collar with a finger. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure what the, what there is to tell. I... I guess we all have something to hide. Oh, <laughs> you can take that off. She was referencing my suit. I happily obliged, tossing it aside. Lose the tie, she commanded. I slipped a finger under the tie to loosen it, but was interrupted with a sharp, Stop! What do you say when I command you to do something? I looked at her perplexed. She chuckled, and I felt rather bashful from the mockery. I'm clearly missing something. <laughs> How about yes, Major? I felt my heart rate instantly skyrocket and then normalize as the butterflies in my stomach took wing. My hesitation prompted her swiftly to jump up with a cat-like reflexes. She draped the whip around the back of my neck and pulled me close to her face. Say it. Say 
Yes, Major. As I obliged in a dry tone and a kind of trance, she had been effortlessly removing my tie without breaking eye contact. Good boy. She smiled and got up to walk behind me. I felt the fabric of my tie drip across my eyes. She was using it as a blindfold. I felt her warmth close to my ear. She elegantly whispered, I know you have some closeted fantasies, and I will get them out of you. The safe word to stop this is red. I couldn't help slightly smiling as I figured out this is indeed a game to her. She ran her hands out from behind me to unbutton my shirt after subtly feeling up my abs and chest. There was a brief pause in the contact, and I heard shuffling off to the side. Perhaps she went to get something from that massive trunk. I then felt a heavy leather collar wrapped around my neck and heard a clasp behind me. She grabbed the ring on the front side of the collar to guide me to stand and walked me to a wall. I want you to place your hands on this wall and do not take them off unless I tell you to, she commanded. Yes, Major, I replied. I could almost feel her smile and approval. I could feel my knees shake a little from anticipation of what would happen next. This is going to sting a little, she told me. But as I said, you can always say red and I'll stop what I'm doing. I was expecting the whip to rip through the air and cut me on my back, but to my relief I felt a velvety bouquet of ribbon slightly feathered across my back. It was undoubtedly a flogger. She worked in rhythm across the left and right parts of my back. I know you're a freak. <laughs> I just want you to admit it to yourself, as she giggled. As she worked on my back, my mind wandered in a mix of nervous anticipation and erotic excitement. After a few minutes, the flogging stopped and I could hear nothing but my pulse. My back felt hot from the repeated impact. I felt her feel up my thigh to my groin and grab my shaft to tease me. I breathed out a subtle moan from the pent-up excitement. Here, she asked, grabbing my now stiff cock harder and playing with the head. Yes, I moaned. Her hands snaked around to unbutton and unzip my pants, and they fell to the floor along with my briefs. Her hands snaked around to unbutton and unzip my pants, and they fell to the floor along with my briefs. Her hand felt my glutes, and her fingers traveled to my anal sphincter. I tensed up. How about here? she asked. She found it. One of my deepest secrets is I'd always had an anal fixation. My hesitation was a palpable silence lingering in the suite. Her chuckle trilled through the silence like Pan's flute in a grape garden. I took a deep breath and suddenly felt her close to my body. When I'm done with you, she teased, her pelvis conspicuously pushing up against my tight ass and as she grabbed my balls in a possessive grip. I'll have you begging me to feel my pleasure in places you didn't know you could. She continued to whisper in my ear. 
I felt the hairs on my body raise up. I've never felt so fearful and yet so aroused in my entire life. Her body left my presence and I heard her take a few steps back. The sudden crack of a whip in the distance startled me. Remember, she said with a smile in her voice, you can always say red. I felt a sudden lashing from a thick hide sting my bare back. I involuntarily jumped, nearly taking my hands from the wall. Another one followed suit a few seconds later after I had regained my composure. This time my hands shifted a bit from their original position on the wall. I want you to tell me what a naughty little anal slut you are, she demanded. Another crack of the whip cut me on my ass, making me yelp. Uh, I'm an anal slut, I stammered. The whip cracked close by, threatening another punishing blow. What? she asked. I'm an anal slut, I cried affirmatively. This is an unexpectedly cathartic release. You are? I had my doubts. I really thought you enjoyed my whip more. <laughs> she laughed and another lashing danced across my thigh. I breathed deeply, concentrating on firmly pressing my hands to the wall. And what do you want me to do, slut? She asked provocatively. Another lash fiercely teared at my shoulder blade. I hung my head in defeat, lost in the mix of pain and built-up ecstasy. I want you to use my ass, I admitted in a lower tone. Oh, you demanding little slut, she teased. I heard more shuffling through her trunk. I felt a thin paddle suddenly wrap across my ass. Is that how good boys get what they want? Demanding? She said with a threat in her tone. She gave my ass a good wallop multiple times with a paddle to make her point, switching ass cheeks intermittently. You know, I really cannot stand an overly demanding subboy. I struggled under the thrashings, grunting from the sting they entailed. Are you a closeted brat, Ash? Is that what I'm dealing with? She asked. The blow stopped and she took a deep breath. Now, try again and get it right because I haven't the patience for whiny little brats pretending to be obedient subboys, she said with an unnervingly calm demeanor. I swallowed hard and rapidly thought about my words. Please, Major Holly, will you use my ass for your pleasure? I whimpered, hoping this wouldn't make her irate. I gritted my teeth in anticipation for another walloping. The stillness in the air burned me alive with anticipation, and the stinging along my body seemed to intensify. I felt the warmth of her body nearby, although I didn't hear her footsteps. Good boy, she whispered contently in my ear. The ring on my collar was gently pulled to direct me away from the wall. We stopped once my feet were at the edge of the bed. I felt her arms twist around my waist from behind after she let go of my collar. She breathed a deep, content breath as though she enjoyed the smell of my submission. Now bend over.
she commanded in a soft tone. 